Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here. I'm very pleased to join you today on Passionate World Radio. For those who don't know me, I'm a multiple international best-selling author. Author, my latest book is Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. And that's the basis for the Thrive Tribe, and I have founded the Thrive Together Tribe um, to be uh, an opportunity for people to meet, to support one another, to be seen and heard. And I'm joined, as usual, um, with by Rachel Davidson, who's the uh, also an international best-selling author. Her book is very different to mine. Um, it's a spiritual fiction, um, and it's called The Point of Me. Today we're going to uh, be exploring the whole issue of how to keep going when life gets tough and you're suffering from decision fatigue. And I think, you know, particularly if you are in the world of business, although I don't think this is exclusively business, I think it can very often be personal life too, um, that, you know, when life throws you lots and lots of challenges... Um, and those challenges mm. often appear to come in clusters. Mm. How you can become completely overwhelmed and feel that mm. you can't cope. Yes. One more decision. Am I going to get it right? Am I going to get it wrong? Yes. Um, or there's lots of people at you and they're all asking for mm. something from you and you mm. feel as if you've got nothing left for you. Mm. And for the next half an hour, we're going to be exploring the whole thing, not only about what creates it, but you know, approaches that you can actually use to to make it easier to manage. So, life has a way of throwing a huge amount of mm-hmm. challenges at you. Uh-huh. And, you know, when the washing machine dies and the car goes wrong, yeah. um, it's likely that, you know, the relationships are going to feel a bit uh, difficult. Um, it's it usually really... the time when the business project is going wrong and... <laughs> does seem to be that way and it can be a perfect storm of (laughs) very easy to think that you're in victim mode and Mm. that actually there is a people are are deliberately trying to Mm. make you feel um Mm. that you can't cope well we were likening it earlier weren't we about battle fatigue and and sort of talking about whether that was that was the right phrase to use and of course it can feel like you're battling yes and that there are bombs going off all around you and you have no control of your destiny indeed your life at times your survival um and it, it when those sort of crazy times in life happen it can be really really tough to to carry on you know there's just moments when um you you, you just have to sort of think um I, I don't know how i mean how do you how do you get up from those sort of moments how do you find the strength to to just carry on what do you say to those clients that come and say oh, i can keep having bombs go off in your life and i don't know what to, i don't know what to do it's an interesting one because it it so much depends on the, the person themselves and the circumstances but if you look at people who have dealt with significant challenge in their lives and you know those people who know my story will know I've learned to walk twice as an adult and that's a huge metaphor really because you know quite literally every time I've fallen down Mm. the only way to actually improve my mobility was to get up yes and at times that's been incredibly challenging yes um you know if I'm even now if I'm not by a chair or something I can hang on to uh-huh. um, I can find myself crawling along the floor in uh-huh. order to get to a wall or a door uh-huh. to give me some support to stand up 
Yeah. And I think that's a really good metaphor. Yes. But ultimately, you have a choice. You can mm. give up. Yes. And in doing so, that will bring with it a whole range of consequences. Mm. Or you can look to put one foot in front of the other to actually think, how do I manage this mm. and find one small thing mm. that you can actively do or yeah. be that makes the difference? Yeah. That may be different, and we'll look at you know, a potential ways forward as we go yes. through this discussion. But I think before we go into to solutions, mm. you know, when you're feeling that the world's against you or that everything feels dark mm. or that it's just too hard. No matter what you do, it just never goes Quite right. Quite works right. Um, I think it's very easy to get into that mindset mm. of the world's against me. Yeah. And I think it's really important to recognise that none of this is personal. Mm. I find in times in my life when, when I've been on the battlefield, metaphorically speaking, um, and you know there are sort of crazy bombs going off, and I feel out of control and overwhelmed. Um, I often find that you know the, the negative voices in in my head, whoever they are, um, they they start to sort of have a good old a good old party, <laughs> and um, and it's really it, it's really sort of a, um, a spiralling downwards um, sort of self fulfilling prophecy. Really, when you start to listen to that negativity in your in your head, those those limiting beliefs around. Well, of course, everything's going wrong. What, what do you expect? Yes. You know, you, you couldn't do it anyway. All of those kind of voices. I think we all have times in our life when um, we feel that we are struggling to cope. Mm. And I think recognising that actually you're not alone mm. and that even the person who seems most calm and serene and in control mm. will have times when they're like the swan yes when it might look like that on the surface but yes. they're paddling furiously yes. against the tide underneath yeah but it's interesting you know I work with a lot of clients who come to me because they've got stress or anxiety mm -hmm. yeah and at the heart of that there is more often than not a sense that they have no control over their lives. Yeah, yeah. And I think that recognising that there are things that you cannot control. Mm. I couldn't control that I couldn't walk. Mm. However, what you can control mm. is how you react to it. Yes, your response. And by changing your response, you mm. change the situation and you change mm. the reality. But we've spoken a lot, haven't we, about how 95% of behaviour is habitual. Yeah. So, of course, your response is going to be 95% of the time what you've always done before. And actually, I think in times of difficulty, unless you develop an awareness, yeah. I think that that figure gets higher. Yeah, I, I would say that because, let's face it, you, you're under a lot of stress and yep. listening to those negative voices probably. You, it's probably the worst time to have to really dig deep and find yes. the strength, isn't it? It's easier to go with the habit of listening and believing the, those negative things. And if you add into that, when people are feeling stressed, often the voice in the head keeps them awake at night mm. so that they're fatigued, quite yeah, literally, literally. Um, which in itself means that people's blood pressure goes up, that their immune system becomes compromised so that yeah. they have more colds and, uh, yeah. and infections and so on. Yeah. And so it really does depress the whole thing it depresses yeah. you in terms of your mood but it also depresses your capacity yes and it's really important to recognize that that is happening yes i really believe that that 
emotions have a physiological effect Huge. on you. you and can... the research now is overwhelming. Yeah. That when you are happy and that you are in a good place, yeah. your immune system is also yeah. in a much better place. It doesn't mean you won't get anything, but no. it does mean that you're less likely to get something. Yes. And you are more easily able to fight it. Yes. And there's, there's a growing body of evidence that looks at things like high blood pressure, stroke, mm. heart attack, mm. um, cancer, mm. um, and that there's a, a significant contributory factor, mm. which is stress. Yes. Now, there are those that say, well, let's remove all the stress from our lives. But oh. actually, <laughs> the only way you could do that is to put yourself in a box, and that I find very stressful. <laughs> um, but actually, stress is what keeps us excited and curious. Mm. It's the meaning we make of stress yeah. that's the issue, not necessarily the stress in itself. Yeah, and I think a lot of the time when, you know, stuff that is going wrong for you in life, um, th there's a great deal of learning to be had from it. You know, there could be big messages in it for you. Undoubtedly. And I think there's two things that I think it's important to say is we grow in strength mm. when we are having to struggle. Mm. I was talking to somebody on a podcast yesterday, mm -hmm. a positive productivity podcast yesterday, and suggested to them that actually it's like tempering steel. Yes. That yes. it's only in the fire and the heat and being put under that stress that the iron becomes steel yes. and it becomes so much stronger. Yeah. And I believe that we as human beings are on this earth to learn mm. and we get much more growth when we are put under duress. Mm. It's about how do you create the balance between mm. managing the duress and getting the, the learning mm. out of it and being so overwhelmed by it that mm. you become completely immobilised. Because mm. I think there are, there are a number of, of patterns of behaviour. Procrastination is a great one. Yep. When people are overwhelmed, they don't quite know what to do. Yeah. They do nothing. Yes. And then they have all of the voices saying, you're useless, you can't even do this, you can't make yes. a decision, you yes. can't do that. Yeah. Whereas making a decision to move forward mm. um, puts you into motion. And when it's much easier to move when you're already moving and move faster than it is to move from yeah. a standing start. Yeah. Anybody who's got mobility problems will tell you standing yes. is what takes the most energy. Yes. And I think that's a really great metaphor for, for life. Well, it goes back to what you said earlier um, at the start, which is often the easiest way to begin the journey out of this um, negative attitude is just think of it as tiny steps. Yeah. One step yeah. gets the momentum going. Yeah. I think the other thing that keeps people really stuck is, what if I make the wrong decision? Mm. And so often, I think we create judgments about it's got to be perfect, it's got to be right, whatever right might be, when actually it's the decisions are different. They're not necessarily right or wrong. Yeah. Every choice, every decision has consequences. Yeah. And inevitably, those consequences will play out in your life. Yeah. But so often, it's about making a decision and then dealing with the consequences rather than it has to be perfect. Now, I want to add a caveat. Yes. If I was having a brain tumour removed, yes. I want somebody who's going to make the right decision. Absolutely. Who is going to know exactly <laughs> how far to cut. 
you don't want someone fiddling around with your cerebral no. cortexes. <laughs> if it's a pilot, I want them to have the experience to know to make the right decision. Yes. But most of us aren't in that life and death situation. No. Um, most of the time, thank goodness. Mm. And so I liken it to making a journey from where you are. Perhaps we're in Colchester, but, but perhaps you wanted to travel to Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. Now, you can go by plane, mm. and there are several airports that fly there. Yep. You can go by car or coach. You could cycle there. My dad yes. did that once. Did um, you could actually walk if you chose to. Yes. And then having decided on the vehicle, mm. there are millions of potential different routes, mm. and each of those will have a set of consequences. Yes. Then you determine how much time have I got? Mm. How much money have I got? Mm. How comfortable do I want to be? Mm -hmm. Do I want to make this um, a journey of discovery? And certainly mm. if you cycled or walked, you've got plenty of time to, to do yes. that. Yes. So once you make a decision, there are lots of peripheral decisions mm. that, that come through. That's right but they're different yes. rather than right or wrong. Yes. They're only right or wrong in the context and the meaning that you give them. Yes, and sometimes, of course, in, in life, you're given a choice between um, outcomes that, that all look pretty scary. Yes. <laughs> oh, I think being outside your comfort zone and being prepared to step into the unknown for many people is mm. incredibly frightening. Mm. But it's a bit like stepping off a cliff and mm. we think there's going to be a sheer drop below. But for the most part, mm. actually, there's a shelf just below where you're stepping. Yes. And, yes. Or there's a pathway yes. or there's steps cutting. Yes. You don't have to make the ultimate drop. Yes. Just take a small step. Yes. And then feel into that and then the next and then the next. So that begins to speak to me of um, an element of faith because sometimes when you're faced with the decisions... And all of them, all of the options have, you know, quite a lot of negativity about them or fear or, or whatever yeah. about them. Um, sometimes all you can be left with in order to do something is trust that the decision you're, you're going to make will be the right one in the end. I think that's absolutely true. But I'd like to put a step before you get to faith. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of a conversation I had yesterday um, with a, um, a lady who is proposing to move from the UK to the States. Right. Um, her partner mm -hmm. um, has a green card, but is not yet a citizen. Right, okay. And so one of the things that will make the difference to her being able to stay longer term in the States is if she goes yes. on a student visa. Yes, of course. Now, she has children, so there are lots of considerations. Yeah. And stability is one of those. Of course, yeah. And she was asking me, how does she make the decision between, um, and she had two courses in mind. One right. was um, a, a part-time law degree, mm -hmm. four years. Mm -hmm. The other was a, a full-time course for two years. Right. But in amongst the mixed was that she was very interested in developing coaching oh. and helping people. And so one of the things that I, I suggested that she would should do mm. is to look at the criteria that she wanted to use in terms of making her judgment. Yes. So the content of the course, yeah. which interested her more, mm. and which doors would it open, because ultimately she would need to get a job. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, were was one course more likely to offer her 
job prospects than the other. But that could not be seen in isolation because to do a job that you hate, you're setting yourself up in misery, aren't you? So the content of the course was really important. Mm. And to ask her, we're back to this question of what's your why? Yes. Why do you want yes. to do it? Yeah. What is it that about this that's important? Mm. And understanding those separate issues that make it important. Mm. So this is a massive life change, and then and also massive, you know, deeply soul searching questions that she's having to ask herself. No wonder she was feeling overwhelmed. And one of the problems is we don't know how to sort it out. So one very easy way is to um, to give things a score out of ten. Yeah, okay, yeah. So 10 out of 10 means absolutely, this feels right, I want to do it. Uh And one is, ooh, no thank you. Mm. And if for each of these criteria you you give yourself a score and go with your first gut feeling, don't over-analyse this. Yes, yes. um, It can be really helpful because otherwise how do you measure two things which are so different? Mm. The other thing I suggested that she... put into the mix which hadn't been talked about was how important was the security of time in the states yes important to her so if one gave her a visa for two years and the other gave her a visa for four Mm. years how important was that to her yes but also what about geography how close were they to home I know mm. one of the courses that she'd looked at was online and so gave her no security of tenure. No, because why would you need a visa to study online? Absolutely. It was an American course, yeah. How part-time, because some mm. courses which say they're part-time are you very much full on. Yeah, yeah. Um, because she's obviously going to need to settle her children and she's mm. going to need to um, settle herself in a new country in a new environment Mm. but also she's interested in doing coaching that's something that she could do alongside another qualification if there was time yes and at the end of that she had um, a way of determining whether something was really important or not Mm. but I did say to her however you score it Mm -hmm. one of the things that needs to go in the mix is Trust your intuition. Trust yes. your gut. Yes. What feels right. Yes. It's been my experience, and certainly I know from talking to so many people, that when you ignore that gut feel which says, oh, this doesn't feel right, mm. it's often a disaster. Mm. And when something feels right but you think it's too difficult or there are other things getting mm. in the way and you don't do it, yes. then often you regret it. But it takes it takes quite, quite a lot of skill and effort to really quiet enough to listen to that gut instinct isn't it which is an i think a really important point for people who are feeling that they're overwhelmed that they don't know what they're doing mm. take mm. yourself into an environment that is quiet yes there's been huge research that meditation can help people solve problems it also mm. is anti-aging but meditation doesn't necessarily mean sitting um, contemplating in able doing on. No, no, no. For some, it can be being out in nature yes. and having a walk in the woods or by the, the sea. Yes. For me, it's gardening. That's where I. I love gardening too. It really grounds me. Absolutely. Literally having my hands in the earth and yeah. dealing with plants, grounding. And I think for each of you as listeners, is finding that place where your mind is most still yes. and you feel grounded. I've got a good example actually that's just come to mind of a very stressful time in my life um, where I 
had a massive decision to make. It was um, I, I was being unfairly dismissed from my high-powered corporate job. Um, I won't go into the details of it because it will bore everybody, but, but the point was that I had this decision ahead of me, and I, I had left Friday afternoon in the solicitor's office with, with a statement from the solicitor saying, you need, you need to make a decision as to whether you go to court on this or not. And I had booked a holiday away uh, with my parents and my young baby daughter, and we sat on a Norfolk beach underneath bright blue skies, and I knew that when I came back from this weekend, I had to make the decision. And um, and I, I'd always been a person up to that point who would always take the fight and do the, you know, do, fight for justice and whatever. And I sat on the beach and looked up at the sky and, and really sort of, everything just sort of went except for the blue sky ahead of me. And I just had the, the thought, I don't want to fight this anymore. No. And it was as clear as that. And it was because I had allowed myself to just sit on a beach, breathe, relax, the, you know, the important things in life were around me and the answer came to me and it was because I was able to quieten and listen to what I was truly actually really wanting. And you know, in today's incredibly busy, frenetic life, mm. finding that space, and I would really urge people to do to find some space on a daily basis, even if it's just five minutes. I agree. That that enables you to take that step back. Your perspective changes, and your yes. perspective on life, on a situation, we create that and make that fact. Yes. But actually, it isn't. No. It's just one aspect, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And that that giving yourself time to reflect and to tune into mm. your inner wisdom. Mm. We all have it. Because it really, going back to that moment, you know, I never regretted that decision. Making that decision, there was lots of more battle to be done to, to enact upon the decision and, you know, suffering and so on and so forth. It wasn't an easy life afterwards, but I never regretted that decision to give up the fight. And that's, and that's partly because I knew that it was a real, you know, proper soul message for me. Yes. It was right for me not to do that. And I think the, the whole one of the conversations I have with many clients is choose your battles. Mm, mm. You know, you can't battle on every front. No. But once you're in battle mode, it's often difficult to work out which are the battles that are worth yes. fighting because <laughs> yes. you're so ready with your fists up and, and yeah. ready to, to you're fight. You're a soldier on the front line, not the general sitting in his office. <laughs> and I think, that, well, there's two... Well, it's probably lots of levels, but for me there's two things. One is around, in, in the first instance... Choose which battles, you know, if, mm. being right is so highly overrated. Yes. We've talked about this before. Yes. Um, so when it doesn't matter, when mm. you're why, it's not important, then it's okay to let it go. You don't have to be seen to be right all the time. Yeah. That's often a sign of insecurity, that you, you need to be seen yeah. to be right rather yeah. than letting other people have their view that they're right. Yeah. But also... There are times when strategically it makes sense to withdraw and to review how to move things forward yes. rather than going bald-headed at, at, at a situation yes. so that you can do it when you're calm, when you can choose how you're going to approach it, mm -hmm. when you can choose your words and you can deliver them. In, I'm using the neutral voice that I would recommend that mm. people always use when they're trying to um, sort out a situation because yeah. the minute you do it with 
an emotionally edged voice, yes. a whine, a shout, a, a frustration or an anger. Tension, yeah. You've lost the moral high ground mm. and people can wriggle because what they hear is mm. that voice mm. and not what you're saying. Mm. So giving yourself that space to to step back, I mm. think, is, is really, really important. Mm. And then I think, as you so rightly said, having faith that... Mm. things will turn out because we often don't see the bigger picture until no. hindsight mm. hindsight's wonderful isn't it perfect even <laughs> absolutely um and often things that happen in our lives at the time feel dreadful mm. but with hindsight you think do you know what that was a wonderful thing that mm. happened yes um, i was going to teach cookery when uh, i wanted to be a teacher from about the age of eight right. and i was going to teach cookery and everything was done to um for me to do that, um, cookery in English. Mm. But I developed really bad eczema when I was a teenager. Right. Um, and a few weeks before I went to college, I was told I couldn't do it. Right. God, was I lucky. Right. Because... But you must have felt devastated in the At the time, it was the end of the world. Right. Um, but I had been bored out of my brain. Right. I then decided to teach primary um, school so I could teach all subjects because I, I was interested in them all. Yes. And had a very successful, happy career. Yes. Which came out off the back of not being able to do something that I really thought something. I wanted yeah. to do. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, my first uh, deputy headship, I'd previously been very disappointed that I didn't get a job mm. at, at another school. I met the... Uh, the successful deputy a couple of years later, who said that the head was a nightmare. Nice. Uh, for those of you that in America, head means principal. Mm. And the principal undermined her at every, every opportunity. Mm. Um, they, the discipline in the school was awful, and when she tried to put something into place, the right. head um, got in the way. And I thought, oh, what a lucky escape you I've You dodged had. a bullet that you didn't even know was no. headed, headed towards you. And yeah. that's the thing. You don't mm. know, do you, until afterwards? No. There's, there's a passage in the, in the Celestine Prophecy, one of those books, uh, where the main character is, um, is stuck on a very high cliff and he's, he's fleeing from dark forces or, or you know, people who, who wish to prevent him. And he's, he's, got, he's got the choice of either climbing up, which is going to be hard work, and meeting God knows what on top of the, the cliff. Or he can let go and fall into a raging torrent of a river below, and neither choice is looking great. No, I think most people would... Yeah. You're between okay. a rock and a hard place, yeah, aren't exactly. you, quite literally. And and in the book, he comes to he comes to a final decision of, oh, I'll just let go. And in letting go, he falls into this raging river, but after a, a few moments of discomfort, He's very quickly round the corner and into lovely calm water and the river delivers him to exactly the right place that he needs to go to next. None of which he could he could see whilst he was hanging off that cliff face. So um so in you know in the book it, it's it's a message to readers to, to you know accept and let go and have a bit of faith. That you don't and you can never know the full picture of what's going on, but you have to have faith that the decisions you make will turn out to be the right ones in the end. And I think that comes back to what we were saying before about, you know, so many of the decisions that we make aren't right or wrong, they're just different. Exactly. And when we are totally attached to the outcome, 
Yes. I mean, those of you that have, have read um, The Secret and, you know, yes. looking at abundance, yes. one of the things that they talk about there is that you have to let it go. Yes. State what you want and then let go of the outcome. Yeah. Because so often things come to you in a different shape, don't yeah. they? Yes. Which yes. are often better. Yes. Now, please don't think, listeners, that we're talking about abrogating your responsibility and just saying, I have faith that everything's going to be okay and I yeah. haven't got to do anything. No, no, no. But I think this is about recognising that you can't control everything. Yeah. And if you try and control everything, then you end up being so tight in what you're trying to do that you achieve mm. Very little. And let's face it, trying to control everything and those things you have no chance of ever really affecting and therefore have no control over is very tiring. It's exhausting <laughs> and it's useless. Yes. So to find yourself holding on to stuff that you have no chance of succeeding to mm. change mm. Um, seems to me a bit silly really. Yes. And yet we all do it. Yeah. Uh, yes. And... And it takes many, many occasions of getting it wrong for the penny to drop. And even now, in my, in my um, advanced age... That, um, <laughs> Not as advanced as mine, I have to say. <laughs> that even now I can find myself getting too attached to a particular direction, a particular outcome, and having to talk myself, to remind myself that actually I need to let it go, accept that what will be will be, have a little bit of faith work hard in the things that I know I can control and do, um, and let, let the rest of it happen or not happen. And I think, you know, the recognising that if you want something to be different, you have to either approach it differently yes. or do something different. Yes. yes. And that if you want a result, ultimately it's about recognising that you're responsible mm. for making things happen. Yeah. Um, that... If you want something to be different, then recognising what's going well and protect that. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, no, no. But actually planning strategically. Mm. And I find it quite interesting how often people can plan strategically in one area of their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But don't in another. Yes. And by that, I don't mean crossing every T and dotting every I. No, no. But having a clear idea of where you want to get to. Yes. And then just perhaps... Well, if that's where I want to be, mm. what are the first two or three steps that I can take? Mm. Making them small enough yeah. to make them easily achievable yes. and celebrating that success because as you do, yes. that motivates you to the next and the next and the next. Yes. And that breaking it down into the manageable chunks. Yeah. I mean, listeners will have heard me say before, you can't eat a cow or a whole corn, a field of corn in one sitting. No. Give you terrible indigestion, yeah. but bit by bit, you know, mouthful by mouthful, yes, it can be really, really pleasant. Yes, yeah. I think you know, as we bring this program to a close, I would also say that if you're feeling that life is really, really tricky, mm. be prepared to ask for help. You yeah. don't have to do it on your own. No, and and in that way, be kind to yourself. Except that you are a human being working in earth time and that means you have some limitations and that's okay. And I think it's making the difference between being kind to yourself mm. and being indulgent. Yes, oh yes. Because when you're indulgent, poor me, oh, yeah, you're yeah. putting yourself into victim mode. No, no. But being kind is looking after yourself, being realistic about what mm. you can do, challenging yourself, mm. but making that challenge achievable. Yeah. yeah. So... 
that brings us to the end of today's um, programme. Thank you very much for listening to, um, to us both. We'd love to hear what you think and we'd love your ideas for future programmes. You can contact me directly through the website genuinely-u.com that's genuinely-u.com You can also download a free copy of Thriving Not Surviving The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment from the website um, and you know, join us on Facebook there's a Genuinely You group on Facebook we'd love to see you there I wish you very well and um, take care and we'll, we'll be with you in the next programme. Thanks very much.